Hey, did you hear about the one about the guy who passed up on the chairs and flares for an alpha? Welcome to the Supercar Tribe Podcast, where we will be chatting about supercars. And now, your host, Andy Rasool. Welcome back to another episode. In this episode, we have a guest from the US. His name is Ben, and Ben has a Ferrari 360 Modena. He's had a number of Ferraris over the years, but in particular, we're going to talk about his 360 because he's owned it for over 13 years. Before we get into that, I just wanted to bring you up to date with some of the things that are taking place on the website itself. So if you haven't already visited the site, it's supercartribe.com. And uh, we have um, a number of new additions to the site. We're really pleased to announce that we've linked up with Amazon and we uh, have our own store um, of various um, branded goods that are related to the brands that we look at, um, which are all fulfilled by Amazon themselves. So you can actually come onto our site, um, you know, browse through the products, add them to your basket. And then when you go through the checkout process, it actually checks out onto Amazon. You deal with them directly for the payments and they ship it out to you directly. So it's a real convenient way of buying um, all of your favorite items. Some of the things that we have are things like caps and t-shirts and things like that, right up to other accessories like watches. Uh, the, I think the most expensive one that we have on there at the moment is a, uh, it's a certified pre-owned Panerai Ferrari watch, uh, which is just under $5,000. Uh, so um, yeah, do check that out. You can check it out by going to supercartribe.com forward slash shop. In addition to that, we have uh, a new wiki site, uh, wiki sections to the site, which basically covers all of the brands that we look at, all of the nine brands. And um, for each of the brands, we have we highlight all of the different models with all sort of specification details, images, videos, and things of that nature. So you can uh, check that out from our uh, menu as well. In addition, we have uh, more things added and more things coming. Um, so for example, under the buy section, You'll see that uh, we have uh, we have the uh, the shop itself, uh, but in addition to that, we have a variety of supercars for sale, um, which are currently UK focused supercars, but those are going to be expanding to all the countries around the world. Uh, we also have a dealer section, uh, which currently is uh, Ferrari um, main dealers, but will also include um, sort of reputable uh, private dealers as well. Uh, and in addition, we're going to have more things coming. So we have uh, finance, insurance, warranty, rentals, um, track day experiences, uh, and many more things coming as well. Um, so that's all available in our buy section, which again, is, is um, you can visit that from our uh, menu on the web page. We have daily articles going live um, every single day. I mean, we have two to three articles on average going live, probably about 70 plus per week. And just a flavor of some of the articles that we produced in the last, I would say, five days more than anything. Um, Aston Martin Vanquish S and an article about that particular car. Uh, an article about a 26-year-old who rented a Lamborghini in Dubai and in the space of one night managed to hit 33 speed cameras, uh, racking up a bill of £35,000, which is probably around about $50,000-odd, um, which is just absolutely crazy. Um, he still has a car, and uh, he hasn't returned the car yet, and uh, the rental company has his passport, so that's going to be an interesting one to watch out for. Other articles that we've had go live is uh, articles on the Ferrari 348 GTS, um, Another one on the Koenigsegg CCR, 
um, and you know just a whole load of things really. I mean Bentley Arnage, if you love that, I mean I'm a huge fan of the Arnage, as I think I've mentioned in uh, a previous podcast. And also one of the Queen's Rolls Royces is for sale, and uh, we have an article about that as well. So a real mixture of different articles, but uh, all to do with the nine brands that we um, um, that we focus on. But that's enough about the sites. Let's get back to the show. On to Ben. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, Andy. Thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, having me on. Appreciate it. No problem at all. Great to have you. So you've had uh, your 360, as I mentioned, for about 13 years now. And um, But you didn't obviously start off with the 360. You kind of, um, you, you've had a number of models before. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into Ferraris in the first place? Yeah, sure. Um, what happened was uh, uh, a friend of mine bought a, um, uh, a mid-80s Alfa Romeo GTV6, a black one. And I, I saw it and I, I, at the time I was driving this this beat up uh, BMW Bavaria. And I, I mm-hmm. saw the thing and I just fell in love. So I was going to buy an Alpha GTV six. Mm-hmm. So I went over to the dealership in 1985 and the, the guy at the dealership had a brand new red can GTV six. And I said, okay, I'm going to buy it. And he said, before you buy it, I got something over here. That's about $6,000 more that you should look at. And it was a silver, uh, uh, Dino 246, uh, GTS flares and chairs and it was silver and it had a like a ox blood red gut and it was beautiful and I and wow. looked at it and he said you know this would cost you five or six thousand dollars more than this 18 grand that I was going to pay for the alpha and I said well I don't know 25 26 grand right now I don't, know. don't tell so me I you said, said no I gotta pay it I said no, no. <laughs> that was uh, that was uh, one of the one of the no's that I said to some opportunities with Ferrari. So that was the beginning of okay. uh, my introduction to the uh, the brand. Okay, wow. Okay, well that that's that's amazing. I mean, Alpha is still a great car. I mean, I've I've had an Alpha myself, and uh, you know, if you're a car person, it's a great car to drive because it's so much fun. Um, so so you you got introduced to the Ferrari brand at that stage. Um, how long after that was it that you actually ended up buying a Ferrari? Yeah, a few years. A few years went by, and I segued through a few Alphas, and then I had some clients in Southern California, in Orange County, and they were all mm-hmm. these young guys, and they were driving 328s, and and uh, there was a TR and a 330, and mm-hmm. uh, this whole group of people in Southern California were really getting into the Ferraris, and the one client just said, I was staying at his condo in Huntington Beach. He said at 328 mm-hmm. and he said, Hey, here's the keys. Just take a cruise around Newport and go have some fun, drive it for the day. And I went and I drove it and I just fell in love. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can totally relate to that. Um, so, so was that your first one? Then? Yeah. So did, is that, did you end up sort of gravitating no, no, towards I, the so three well, what happened was I immediately when I flew home to New Jersey, I bought this this book by a, the author's name was Dean Batchelor. It was a, a guide to to, to a buyer's guide for Ferraris, and I started looking through it. And of course, I gravitated to the 348 because I liked the looks of it. Uh, shortly thereafter, I found my way to, to the dealer in Philadelphia, Algar, and went in and was uh, introduced to this young sales guy. He was probably about 24. His name's Francis Derushi. Mm-hmm. And Francis uh, had been working for one week. Right. Uh, today, he is the boss over there at Algar. He still works there. He's in charge of all of the sales. He's still there. Wow. Now he's grown up, and he's, he's getting into his late 40s or mid-40s, and he's got a couple kids. Right. But anyway, I was his first sale. 
wow. he sold me a 91 348 TS. Right. Uh, and I had that car for a while, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and, and, and then... Um, I mean, have, having come from um, sort of the, uh, sort of an Italian car background in the sense that you had the Alpha, um, you were sort of now driving a, a, a 348. Um, I mean, how, how many years did you own this car for? I had the 348 for 96 through... 90, it was around... I'm not really sure. I think it was about five years. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I had it for about five years, Mm -hmm. approximately. And And I really enjoyed it because it was, you know, the thing, the difference between the Alpha and some of the other cars that I compared to the Ferraris was that it was like going for driving these things is like an event. It's Mm. not like getting from A to B with a smile on your face. It's Mm. like an event. People stop you. Kids ask questions. People are walking their dogs and they hear it and they go, mm. what is that? Yeah. So it was a real fun, fun first uh, uh, experience with the brand. So w- what did you move on f- to from there then? Uh, I traded that car and uh, uh, did really well on it. I mean, I think I tra- he took it on trade for what I paid for it. And it wow. was, had like 11,000 miles on it when I, when I got it. Mm. And I put mileage on it and he took it back for almost the same price that i paid for it and i say i went into the dealership because i wanted to look at what was around and i walk in to algar and there's this yellow 355b and i just my jaw dropped (laughs) i was with a girlfriend of mine and we walked in there and i was just like I instantly, it's kind of like buying a piece of real estate or, or no, you just, you just know you're, 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 you're going to do this. Yeah. 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 So I just, yeah, Francis looked at me and he, he goes, you're done, aren't you? You're going to buy that, right? <laughs> we didn't even talk about it. I yeah. didn't even ask him what the mileage was and, and away we went. And I think that's one of the reasons he was really kind to me on the trade was because mm. I just, I was so obviously buying it right. without any discussion. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought that, that yellow B. It was well, uh, Jalo. Yeah, uh, they're, they're beautiful cars. And in fact, um, uh, we, we just had an episode go out, episode 15, which is about um, the F355. And episode 16 is about the buying experience and the ownership experience of the F355. Um, how did you find that car to own and to drive? Uh, I really, really liked it. Um, just out of this world, the, the sound, of course, everyone always talks about the sound on, mm. the, on the 355. Mm. I really liked the way it, it, it just to look at it is amazing, and 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 um, it's just a uh, uh, just a fantastic fantastic car to to, to drive. It's mm. real lively, and it just I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, I really liked the fit and finish of the car too. I think it was it was I think the interior was done like mm. a proper sports car, mm. um, and uh, you know it was traditional with a six speed gated. Yeah. And um, it was just that yellow three five five B is just it's just pure it's sex on wheels. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that definitely. So you you at some point then decided to move on from the three five five and presumably into the three sixty Modena. Correct. I wasn't sure if I was going to get a a, a spider or a, a, I was going to go with a coupe. Okay. Um, and once again, I went to Algar um, and looked around to see what they had. Um, and there was this uh, uh, Argento Nurburgring uh, uh, 
360 coupe mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. with a blue black gut. I call it my silver arrow uh, Ferrari. It's kind of done in the same colors as those Mercedes race cars from the 30s. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it's got the blue black interior with the Argento Nurburgring um, exterior. Right. And, uh, so, I, so I looked at this car, it had 3K on it. And we did a deal on it. It was a, a 2001, uh, and with 3K on it, um, it had been serviced up, was ready to go, and I just wanted to go to the next car. Mm-hmm. I didn't even drive that one. I just, I just made a deal, wrote a check, traded right. the the B to him. He was kind to me then on that. He took care of me on that because mm-hmm. I think I was transitioning with these cars at the right interval, right and mileage. So I jumped into the 360. And um, uh, I, I mean, I presume, uh, I mean, I've driven a 360. I don't think I've driven a 355 yet. Um, so that's something that I have to do. But uh, the, the the difference, I mean, you, 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 I can only imagine that the difference is, is, is quite vast between the two. I mean, although they're sort of both mid-engine uh, V8s, you know, the build quality of both the cars mm-hmm. is quite different. Um you know, the, the 360, I would imagine, is much more usable, you know, even if you wanted to use it day-to-day compared to the F355, which is perhaps a little bit more delicate. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I guess. I mean, I think if they're really, I think if any of the cars from the 355 on, um, if they're properly maintained, and and um, I think also that both of those models, if they're used a lot, Mm. The higher mileage examples, uh, contrary to what people want to buy, I think run better, right? Um, and 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 just behave better. But but the, to your point about the delicate nature of the three five five, yeah, I think the three sixty is a little bit more user friendly. A mm. little bit, it's a step up in the in the fit and finish. It's a step up in the interior uh, yeah. size mm. and comfort. Um, I had an F mine was an F one is an F one. I still have the car and, 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 um, um, it is, uh, it's roomy, the interior compared to the three fifty five. Um, not that the three fifty fives, you know, like getting in a Lotus exceed, it's, it's, it's got a little room in it, but I'm six one, you know, like mid one seventy. So I fit in either of those cars pretty well. Yeah. Um, but uh, the 360 on a day-to-day basis, the, the main difference, I, I'd say, is it, it is faster. Mm-hmm. But it's faster kind of in the way that the 430 was faster than the 360. Right. Um, more, more torque, uh, just, you know, a little bit more oomph. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, how has your ownership experience been with the... 360 then i mean you've had it for many years now and uh probably a lot longer than most people would own a uh a single model and you've um done a fair few miles i would say i mean i, I think from memory you've done about twenty five thousand miles now 21k okay okay so how, how yeah. has that ownership experience been for you it's been good i i i I got a couple of things I'd like to tell people if they're thinking about buying one. Sure. Um, yeah, please. You know, there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of three sixties out there, but you got to find the three sixties that were, uh, uh, really that had uh, not too many owners and were properly taken care of. 
Uh, I know that that's kind of a, you know, a, a, a goes with the, with the territory with Ferraris, but, um, you can find good cars. There's a lot of them out there, and um, uh, you so, may pay a little extra for one that's really, you know, taken care of. When, when you say um, properly taken care of, I mean, how how would you how would you define that? I mean, I know it means different things to different people, but you know, what does that mean for you? Well, what it means is if it goes in for a service and you have a great relationship with the dealer, or you're independent, and mm-hmm. they say, "Well, we found this, we found that," you, you could wait on this, or you could do that. And the way I operate with my cars is I just have them do whatever needs to be done. Right, right. So there may be some, there may be three or four knickknacks that could be addressed now, or you could wait. Sometimes people say, "Oh, you can wait," but I really don't like to get behind on on things with these cars because then something happens. Mm. Um, one thing I'd like to tell owners or, or, or that may not know this or people that are going to buy them, there's one really little teeny weeny thing you can do at every, every fluid service okay. without fail. And that is Ferrari has a junk, a junk relay for the F1 pump. If you have an F1 car uh-huh. and it's the same relay, I swear they've never changed this. And they know that, that this is a problem. That relay gets stuck open and I burned out a $2,000 Hitachi pump. Wow. With the relay sticking open and the pump running. So every time I do a fluid service, I get this like $25 relay put in or whatever it is. Okay. And I think that that's something you should do. I think you should do your fluid services in a regular, a pretty decent regular interval, depending on your mileage. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, I'm, I'm a belt service guy, but I'm not doing this, this three-year mentality because I don't put enough miles on it. Mm. So I do, I'm doing a five a five-year cycle with mine. Some okay. people would disagree with that, but this three-year cycle is something new. Mm-hmm. I mean, just during the course of my ownership, when I started with this car, they said, ah, do it in five years. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I've seen the belt come out of this car twice, and they've been perfect. Right. Um, I've done two majors with tensioners the whole nine yards. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think I just think that you can do a five-year interval. That's my personal mm. uh, opinion. Yeah, um, I, I, I guess um, you know, I, I guess that does make sense. But it, you know, for you know owners out there, the one thing I'd say is it really depends on your mileage, as you know, uh, as was just said, really, because you know, it, it, there's there are some three sixties because they are quite usable. You know, they tend to do a fair few miles there's one for sale here in the uk at the moment which is for 100 it's done 130,000 miles um you know so if you're doing miles in the cars you definitely need to stick to the three-year schedule um you know but as you said you know you've you've done yours over five years twice and you've taken the belts out and the belts are still perfect but you know obviously that's the cycle that you you know you need to now follow yeah, and, I, and when I do drive the car, you know, I, I I chain it. I give it a good I give it a good go. I'm not mm. you know pitter pattering around town going for groceries. I get on the thing and I drive it at full chat. And um, you know, it's just the other thing with Ferraris I've always done, and 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 I really believe in is let it sit in idle, let it get up to temperature, take mm. it easy in the beginning, get the tires warmed up, and then then you can wail on them. They yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I, I guess um, uh, it, it comes down to ownership, really. I mean, I've seen some cars that, you know, on paper and on the on the dial, they're showing sort of relatively low mileage, 
and you take it for a drive and it drives completely differently you know it, it drives like there's definitely something wrong with the car and uh you know some owners unfortunately they don't allow their cars to idle and get the oils get up to temperature and you know they just simply jump in and take it for you know and drive it like a regular car and these are not regular cars you know these are you know these are finely tuned cars you know which are um you know great on the road but you know even better on the track and you know you have to treat it like that really yeah and you know like driving the 360 one of the things i learned to do is to roll my uh roll the outside of my uh uh of my right foot along the the tunnel there with mm. the with the accelerator while i'm snapping off shifts and i've got like this sense with pushing the accelerator and holding it down while i'm shifting right and i can get it to just uh sing and i like to get it way up into the way up into the uh, rpm ra- ranges and just really get the thing to 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 howl mm. i ended up putting a uh, another thing i want to mention i ended up putting a uh uh the factory, the factory exhaust kit on it, which is an ECU swap, okay. and I swapped out the transmission control unit. And the swap on the TCU, I didn't think really did anything, though it's programmable. Maybe if I let them mess around with it, it would be better. But mm. that exhaust kit, oh, people are always looking for exhaust kits. They're now discontinued as a as a as a Ferrari item, but mm. if they are out there used. I love all the exhaust lines, Capristo and, and, and Tubi, uh, but I tried the factory one because I just said it's just different. Plus, you get the ECU swap. Yeah. So, um, so you still have that on the car at the moment, do you? Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. So, just just tell me a little bit about that exhaust swap. Then, I mean, what what does that actually mean? You mentioned it's an ECU change as well. Yeah, there was a there was a factory uh, exhaust kit that came uh, uh, with. Uh, you know your your two ECUs mm. uh, that you swapped out that have different different shifting and 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 uh, different um, uh, parameters than the stock ECUs to work on drivability and sound with that exhaust system. Right, right. Okay. And right. the other thing that's cool about that is I'm sending my factory uh, uh, the original ECUs out this spring. I'm sending them out to have a guy do a sport tune on them. But I don't have to have the car down because I've got the the the, the exhaust kit ECUs yeah. installed. So I'll just Very handy. if I feel like I could pop out, right, pop that out and throw in the tuned the tuned pieces and see what that does. Yeah, yeah. I hope that works. I had a uh, problem yeah. with one of my cars some years back, and um, I had to get the ECU. I'm trying to remember now because it's so many years ago. I think I had to get the ECU reprogrammed or something. And, uh, of course, while this went away, the car was just off the road, you know, couldn't be used. Uh, and I think it was actually gone for a while and the whole of the summer passed. And by the time I got it back and in the end, it came back and it actually wasn't done properly. So I ended up having to just bin it and get a, uh, a new ECU, which was um, frustrating and expensive. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the other things I did with the car that I that I that I uh thought was a really cool thing to do for the for the for, for the owner me mm-hmm. and for the next owner is i uh, i had a finish correction done on the car and then i had it coated with opt uh coatings it's optimum polymer technologies a company in uh uh, uh 
uh, Tennessee, in Memphis, Tennessee, that uh, that does incredible polymer technologies for car detailing. Okay. And I don't wash the car anymore. I don't wash the car after this correction. It looks better than it did brand new. Really? It's flawless. And then the coating, yeah, the coating, nothing sticks to the car. The glass, the wheels, the whole car. So I never wash it. I literally never wash it. Once in a while, I'll wipe the wheels down because they get a lot of brake dust on them. Right. But nothing sticks to the body or the glass. So you wow. go months and months and months, and you don't do anything. OPT is a really cool company. They make some really great detailing products based I, in the United States. And is that, um, does that sort of give the depth of paint finish that you would get through like waxes and things like that? Oh, here, here's what it is. They do a correction. All those paints going back are, are, have a clear coat on them. So they do a finish correction. So a guy went over this. This cost me about $2,500, right. the whole thing. Mm -hmm. They went over the whole car with a wheel, and they took every single scratch and every single little teeny-weeny thing out of, the, out of the clear coat. So you're looking at that Argento paint in all of its glory wow. as it came from the factory. Wow. It's flawless. Then you put this polymer coating on the car mm. and the glass, and you have this, this uh, finish and, and, and coating that retards any kind of, I mean, if, like, if, if, if the bird drops on it, mm. it just slides off. You just drive it and it falls off. <laughs> well, uh, I think we could definitely use that over here with um, the British weather that we have. I know that there are some companies um, doing similar sort of things. I'm not sure if it's exactly the same type of product, um, but definitely sounds like something I need to look into for sure. I'm sure that OPT has somebody working the, the UK market. Um, it, most of their products have to be put on, not all of them, but most of them have to be put on and applied by, by, by a professional detailer. Right. It's really, you know, cutting edge, you know, you know, it's cutting edge. Right, right. Okay. Now I'll, I'll, I'll look into that and um, um, I'll be putting show notes onto the website as always. Um, so if you want to have a look at the show notes, it will be supercartribe.com forward slash EP18. So you've spoken very positively about the 360 Modena. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I'm guessing that in the last sort of 12, 13 years that you've owned the vehicle, not everything has been as positive. So share with us some experiences, if you will. The only engine problem I had was I had a collapsed uh, exhaust valve. Okay. Mm. And they corrected that, but it, was, it, was, it wasn't as painful as I thought it was going to be because I was ready for service. I was ready for belt service. So when it happened, they were able to do that along with the service. Mm. And uh, it was just they had, the dealership in Philadelphia had never done one on all the 360s that they had sold. And they are pretty pretty good volume dealership mm, mm. and they, they have a lot of 360s in service and it was just i guess it was just a fluke now i did get uh, uh a little bit of I, I i did get scared here recently before i i, I left uh my home in new jersey mm. um a couple of months ago and 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 um that problem started with a really loud metallic ticking noise in the motor i had the same loud metallic ticking noise in the motor and i called uh, the tech over at an independent in pa that does some work on the car um mm. tony who used to work for algar 
Right. He's got a company called Scuderia Porfamonte. Okay. Anyway, he said, no, that doesn't sound like the same thing. He was the guy that fixed the, coll- the collapse valve. Right. He said, it doesn't sound like the same thing. We did, we did a little clip on my phone, and, mm. and he said, it's not the same thing. He says, I think there's air trapped in one of the lifter, uh, little teeny weeny weeny lifters in there or something. And I, he says, here's what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, what, Tony? He goes, I want you to give it an Italian tune-up. And the reason I want you to do this is because we just had a rapid drop in temperature and you're the fourth, you're the fourth call, one four thirty at three three sixties that there's a ticking noise in the motor. Right. Okay. So I said, what's an Italian, what's, <laughs> what's an Italian tune up? He goes, just warm it up, take it out and cane it. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> and you know what that feels like, Andy, to go out with your ticking Ferrari yeah. and get on it? Yeah. Uh, a little nerve wracking. Yeah. So I made sure that I had my AAA card in my wallet, right? So I get, <laughs> I get in the car, right? And I wailed on it, and mm. it went away. Wow, amazing. And, and he uh, diagnosed that all over the telephone. Yeah, with an iPhone clip, and he got to really hear it. I mean, the speakers on the iPhone, and, and also the clip was enough mm. for him to say, that's nah, not the same thing. Wow, wow. That's really amazing. But it just I mean, he's a the master... <laughs> Yeah, it goes to show his experience. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he's a master tech. He was over there at Algar for over twenty years, mm. um, and uh, I did what he said, you know. And uh, I mean, this is a guy that had my three forty eight gearbox apart on four tables, showing me what happened to it. Wow. Every screw, bolt, nut, thousands of pieces. And I, he said, "Here's what happened. This is years ago." And I said, Tony, how are you going to put this back together? He goes, oh, don't worry about it, Ben. I know where everything goes. <laughs> wow, wow. It's great to uh, yeah. sort of have access to people with that kind of experience where um, you know, they obviously know what they're doing. They've, they've got so much um, you know, knowledge and know-how. Uh, having done it not just you know, a couple of times, but many, many times, uh, you know, whether it's this particular job or others. And, uh, you know, it, it always pays to go back to, you know, those people with experience, you know, it, it saves you so much money in the long run. Yeah, it really does. You know, I, I've, I've done a lot of business with Algar. I've done a lot of service work with them. Tony moved on to another business to start his career with Porfamonte. Mm. And I give him a little, I give them a little, you know, I yeah. spread it around and, 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 you know, it's all good. And, and, uh, but one thing I could tell you is, um, you know, like Tony did his service and he did all the sticky parts in the interior. I had to do the whole interior of the car mm. uh, last year with all the sticky parts. It was three thousand dollars. Wow! And he gosh. had a few other things to do, but yeah, yeah. So, so this, this, this summer, is all the switch gear. This is all the switch gear and the knobs and the the things like that that you haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the but all the buttons just mm. wore away and got sticky, and I had the whole interior done um, and. Um, he did that. He had the car for the whole winter and um, did some other things. And then to your point about people to take care of you, um, he uh, he made a house call this summer to my house down in the Ocean City area in New Jersey, which mm-hmm. is about an hour and a half from where he lives. And he uh, came down because my air conditioner was not pumping. So he brought his can down of uh, propellant and uh, mm. and he charged up my air for me in the middle of the summer So and didn't give me a bill. So, you know, well, that's top-notch service. Well, yeah, yeah, that that is that is great. Yeah, and and just a question about the the um, 
this uh, sticky switch gear. Um, the the change that you've made is that is that like a permanent fix now, or is it something that may still go sticky in the future? Yeah, no, no, no. This this is what um, this this won't this won't degrade again. Right. Um, okay. Uh, this company that I did business with through Tony, um, it's called it's in the state Sticky RX. Ah, uh, yes, I've, I've heard of it before. And um, yes, right. And it's a, some kind of an etching process. Um, and it just the only thing Tony told me was it took a while to get the parts back after mm. they were out. But you know what? Uh, these are done right. This whoever. Whoever owns this car twenty years from now mm. is going to have a car that has 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 buttons that aren't sticky, yeah. and that's really annoying to have a Ferrari with sticky buttons. Yeah, and <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I totally agree. And, and to sort of look and touch and feel, they they still feel original. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's uh, well to to your point. The original had sort of this soft touch feel to it. Mm-hmm. It's not quite that, but it's close enough that most people wouldn't notice. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, it's not going to come off in your fingers at the, you know, at the same time. So, uh, you know, huge improvement. Yeah, you wonder who the vendor is that continues to supply Ferrari with that product. I mean, I've got that uh, 2014 California 30 now. Mm. And that car, I can tell you, there's only a few buttons, but I can, I can tell you in a couple of years, they're going to have to be done. Wow. So you, you've um, oh, yeah. you, you've added to the stable now. You've you still got the three hundred and sixty Modena, and you've added a uh, uh, a California. Yeah, I I, I picked up a um, fourteen California thirty in um, uh, June was it? Yeah, it was June. Okay, and of, the California thirty uh, is quite a rare car as well because it was in between the the California. And the California T, they they was uh, I think they only made it for about a year or two. Yeah, they made it uh, uh, for thirteen and fourteen, or twelve, thirteen, fourteen, I think. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, and it um, it's it it uh, the difference between the 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 California and the California Thirty was that they uh, it remained normally aspirated. Mm-hmm. Um, it ended up being 30 kilos lighter. Right. And because of some of the things that they did in the body works with those cars to lighten them mm. and then 30 more horsepower. That's why oh. they call it the 30. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's really, really an amazing car. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, how does that compare to the 360? I mean, um, they, they're quite different. I mean, obviously both V8s, but the California obviously got the engine at the front and it has, um, it carries a little bit more weight with the folding roof and the extra seats. You know, I've never had a front engine Ferrari, so mm-hmm. this was this was a logical step. Um, I could have gone with something else, like a four five eight Spider, or, or done something. I wanted something where the roof came down, and I wanted to do something different. And I think to compare and contrast with the two cars, mm. um, there's so much different. And they're, they're both so much fun, and they both do so many different things that they're just wonderful stable mates. And I think for now, I'm just going to stick with what I have. And this is really kind of a point where I, I don't think I've ever felt quite that satisfied because, you know, you always want to do the next thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, 
I'm like, you know, this is like pretty cool. I mean, I got a spider and mm. I got a coupe. I got a front engine GT that sings and dances and pops and crackles. And then I got my boy racer car in the 360. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and actual facts, I mean, it, it, it's interesting because in one of our previous interviews, we had an owner who had um, over a number of years owned a number of different Ferraris. And he was saying a very similar thing to what you're saying in that each model drives and behaves very differently, even though on paper, you know, they're all sort of V8s, V12s, you know, but each model does it in a very, very different sort of way, even sort of going from something like a, you know, a 355 to a 360, you know, or, you know, as you've got the 360 and a California 30, you know, it's, you know, the very different cars, um, which give a very different um, ownership experience and, and driving enjoyment out of it as well. Yeah, and you know when you have these contrasting uh, cars uh, that are the, the, the differences are like when you want to go for a ride in your in your Ferrari, you, you you go in the garage and I'm finding with this combination, I'm like scratching my head. Do I want, <laughs> want to hear the hoops and howls of the 360, mm. or do I do I want to get? Am I you know am I going to jump into California and 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 put the top down because it's a glorious sunny day at the Jersey Shore? Mm. <laughs> yeah, it, Ben, that's a good you that's know, a good just, problem to have, right? Hey, you know what? Life is short. Work hard, play hard. Mm. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. So Ben, it's usually yeah. around about this time that I like to ask my guests um, a closing question, and that is. If money was of no object, you know, if, if money was limitless, which Ferrari would you buy? Well, uh, I would have to have the, 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 the 250 GT short wheelbase Cal Spider. Ah, wow. Fine choice. And, and why is that one so special for you? Well, I have a client that owns one. Okay. And... And, you know, we had a, we had a conversation recently about it and, and, and I've just always, every time I look at that thing, I can't stop looking at it. I, I mean, every, from every haunch and corner and, and angle, it's just, I like to look at it from a rear angle. I like to look at it from the front. Mm. I mean, there's, and it, and it, and it has, you know, the, the, the roof can be off and it's, you know, it's an open, it's a spider and, mm. and, 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 and I don't know. It just it just looks right. The proportions are right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I totally agree. I mean, I, I mean, you know, like I go ahead, go ahead. A part of me when you asked that question was like F forty. I want another. I want an F forty. Yeah. <laughs> but then I thought to myself, you know, nah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the cow spider. Well, we'll come back to the F forty in a second because um, you, you you told me an interesting story uh, before we started, but. Just on the Cal Spider, I mean, I, I fell in love with the with the California Spider from, um, you know, when Ferris Bueller's Day, Day Off came out. And, you know, I loved the car from that. And uh, I was really lucky to have been in Marinello a few years ago. Um, I was at the factory and um, next to the factory, there's a, a Ferrari dealership called Zanasi. And I went in there and they had a 250 GT Spider California short wheelbase and long wheelbase standing right next to each other. And it was one of those rare occasions where you could actually just sort of look at the two cars and sort of say, oh yeah, okay, I see the differences now. Um, you know, so I absolutely love the car. It's a great choice. 
What did you think about the proportions when you saw those two next to each other in the flesh? You, you know, I couldn't decide which one I preferred. Um, and that's, that's the honest truth. Uh, I think it, it was, it's, it, looking at images, you, you can see the differences, but maybe it's not so obvious. I don't think previously I'd ever seen two of these together, short wheelbase and long wheelbase. Um, but with them standing side by side, I'm not sure which one I preferred, to be honest with you. I think I'd need to spend a little bit more time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've never seen the two of them uh, in the flesh mm. um, uh, together. Yeah. That's it's got to it, be pretty neat. It's 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 very... The, the long wheelbase is, I would say, a little bit more elegant. Um, you know, it's the type of car that... You know, if we were here in in Europe, in the south of France, you know, we'd be driving, you know, all the way to Monaco. Um, but the short wheelbase is probably the one you want for the actual drive from London to the south of France. Yeah. So, yeah, great it's choice. Amazing. Yeah, what a car. Definitely, definitely. And uh, you're, yeah. you're lucky to have... Um, been uh sort of up close and personal with one as well you know knowing an owner who who has one um sadly they've gone into a completely different price bracket now so uh you know i, I think the chances of yeah and he's owned down. it he's owned it for 45 years wow wow amazing yeah 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 in fact if you want to do a podcast with him sometime i'll hook you up that'd be great i think uh definitely the listeners would love to hear that story I'm sure he's got many stories yeah, to tell about it's, that it's car. Yeah, it's a really cool story. Yeah. Brilliant. No, definitely. We'd love to hear that one. Ben, before I, I let you go, do you have any um, more advice for potential 360 owners out there who may be on the fence about buying one? Um, I would tell people not to be afraid of cars that have a few miles on them. They're going to run better. Um mm. They, they're old enough now, you know, they're getting into that 20-year range. It's like, don't be worried if it's got 30,000 miles on it, 35,000 miles on it, mm. 40,000 miles on it. Buy the car that runs the best and that you know is cared for properly. And yeah. when you buy it, freshen it up, make sure it's tight and just enjoy it. And don't worry about miles with these cars. They're 20 years old. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 and if I were buying a 360 today, if I were stepping in, I would not be looking for a 10,000 mile, 15,000 mile car. I'd be looking for something we have some miles and I'd want something that when I put a shoe to it, the thing worked really well. Mm, mm. Yeah. No, I, that's I, the major advice yeah. that I would give. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Um, I, I often think it's quite sad when I see, you know, cars, which, you know, are sort of five, 10, well, not even five, but 10, 15, 20, 30 years old. And they have really tiny mileages on them. Um, I feel I feel almost a little bit sad for the owners that they've bought these cars. They've not really enjoyed it, not really used it. Um, you know, I I've often you know bought cars and put on you know easily five thousand miles within a year, and you know that's the way that I like to enjoy it. You know, you know put on decent mileage each year, keep using them, and you know it gives you that much enjoyment over time. Um, you know, so it's it's a real shame to see these cars with tiny mileages, you know, added each year. It's uh it's a real shame. Yeah, and I, I'm at a stage now where uh I'll probably I want to keep the car 
I think. I've been on the fence about it, but I want to keep the car. I sort of decided recently I want to keep the car for a longer period than, I have, than I've even had it now. Right. Um, and I think I'm going to start stacking some miles on it because why not? You know, mm. it's fully depreciated. I really don't care what it's worth anymore. It's just like not that important to me. I just mm. want to use it. And, and when the time does come for me to unload it, I'm sure there's going to be a tip up in prices for these cars because they're just great cars. And the ones that were taken care of and the ones that are out there that are desirable are going to get some, that's some good money. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Couldn't agree more with that. Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure. So you want me to tell my F story? You want me to tell you my uh, F40 story? Oh, absolutely, Ben. <laughs> um, if the Dino, we almost forgot that, Andy. Indeed, yeah, I know. Uh, do tell us because uh, you told us about the Dino earlier, but uh, this one is all right. Uh, well, yeah. all right. Well, I just had so many. I've had so many missteps with opportunities financially with Ferraris, but mm. the one F40 story I would like to tell is that Bob Siegel, the former owner of Algar. You know, knew I was a single guy. I was in my 30s. I was buying these cars uh, in, the, in the mid-90s. And he would try to give me advice because he'd been around it for a long time. And, mm. of course, being the young guy, I want the newest thing, right? Uh, yeah. And he showed me an F40 and he said, Ben, you should really reach as far as you can mm-hmm. and buy this car because it's going to be worth something someday. And I said, well, and it was perfect. And I said, well... How much, Bob? And he wanted, yeah. I, I think it was three twenty-five for it. Three hundred twenty-five thousand. Right. Wow. And wow. it was, yeah, it was like a brand, it was brand new. You know, the thing was perfect. Wow. Uh, and then, and then he did the same thing with a with a Daytona. Not long after that, and it was, you know, like twenty percent of the value of the car now. But, but mm. I passed on those too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! But you know, along the way, I did have to buy a house or two to live in, so yeah. I had to, you know, I, practicality. <laughs> you know, so right. Oh, but anyway, thank you, Andy. Thanks very much, Ben. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode um, with Ben. We were talking about his 360 Modena. Uh, certainly sounds like a great ownership experience. We're definitely going to set up an interview with the owner of the 250 GT Spider California as well. Uh, that sounds like uh, quite a car. I mean, obviously, for somebody to own it for 45 years, um, and now they're obviously so valuable. But you know, the main thing is, is that it's not really about the value. It's about how great these cars are. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Supercar Tribe podcast. That's all for now. Ciao.